The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Our next guest is the former executive vice president of TELUS. He's an educator, a blogger, a speaker, a coach, and the author of the Be Different or Be Dead book series. One of his recent columns in the Globe and Mail caught my attention. It's uh, titled Six Ways to Be Noticed and Get Ahead. And I thought that we could talk about that today. Roy Osang, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Pleased to be here. Now, so in this column, in, in these columns that you write and in the, in the, in the books um, that you've written and the speeches that you give, is this advice for everybody or is it targeted to certain people? No, I mean, I would say that uh, it's uh, uh, basically targeted to people who are um, looking to, uh, to advance their career, looking for a way to improve their performance on their job. Um, looking to uh, help their organizations win in the marketplace. So mm. from, I guess from that point of view, it has a wide application uh, in, in society, quite frankly, and it also works on relationships. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, Roy, is that, um, you know, I've, held, I've, I've been in media for 30 years. I, I said, okay, I'm going to go into broadcasting when I was, uh, whatever, 17 years old, and I've done this job, television or radio, for 30 years now. I look at my son, and I think he, at 28 years of age, he's now held, I don't know, three or four different jobs, all very successful at it. There's a, there's a different way of thinking, I think, um, from our generation, my generation, for than than our kids, isn't it? Yeah, I would say uh, definitely so. Uh, but I would also say that the challenges for for young professionals, uh, and because I do a lot of work with them, um, are are much more uh, difficult uh, these days than, for example, in the old days. Uh, the 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 amount of competition for jobs right now mm. is is really quite insane, and so. You know, the need to, to figure out a way how to uh, differentiate yourself from your competition for jobs is exceedingly important. Mm-hmm. And the more people change jobs, the more challenging the differentiation uh, <laughs> issue becomes yeah. because you're, you're basically having to do it on the run. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this a little bit. You had six tips in this, um, in this column that you wrote, and the first one talks about getting noticed. And, and for some people, that uh, can be quite uncomfortable for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is a really interesting one for me because, you know, I, I think about how we've been raised as kids and, and what parents, expect of kids and and i don't know my parents i don't think were any different they they were really uncomfortable with with the fact that that roy just might stand out or stick (laughs) out or draw attention to himself but that you know that that wasn't something that that was particularly comfortable and and so all of the the forces were really working against the the stepping out thing it was really really targeted to get people to conform with norms and the expectations of others so this is a really hard one for people to get to get at and and my advice to them is start small this isn't something that all of a sudden boom you know you're you're not noticed and tomorrow you're noticed by you know a hundred thousand people it's like changing your behavior to ask yourself the question you know what am i going to do differently today mm. doesn't have to be a big thing it could be a small thing that eventually becomes part of your persona it's just what you do and for me it was really helpful i mean i'd get up in the morning and say all right i got some really tough things i got to do today i got to keep my be different lens in front of me i got to look through that lens and help use it to help guide me in terms of what i did and how i did it 
Yeah, you talk about uh, developing a be visible plan. So is this something that you actually would put pen to paper or, you know, fingers to keyboard and, and you know, you actually have to really sit down and think about this? Yeah, absolutely right. You have to. I mean, there's it's so important. There's a lot of people that would would say, and they have said to me, well, you know, I mean, how do you do that? Well, you know, what, what does a be visible plan look like? And, and I would say to them, okay, what you need to do is, is really define three things that um, that you're going to do in order to get noticed. And I would I would sort of lead them to say, look for things that actually add value to the context within which you operate or live. Mm. And so if I'm working in the marketing department for a telecom company, I'm going to be looking for ways to get noticed in terms of how I contribute to the marketing effort of the company. Yeah. So this isn't about jumping up and down and making a big splash and, hey, look at me, look at me. It's about standing out from everybody else by by virtue of the quality of work that you do and the value of that work that you supply to your organization. In the case of a career, it's the same issue, right? Like, how am I going to be visible when I go into this um, this particular interview? How am I going to how am I going to be visible relative to a hundred other people that have already been through the door? Yeah, right. Because the interviews interviewers' eyes are glazed over anyway. So <laughs> you know you better do something pretty amazing to get this person's attention. And so those are the sorts of things that I'm trying to get people to think about. It's so easy not to do it, and and the reason for that is it's hard mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. A be visible plan is exceedingly hard to do. You talk about, you, you touched on that, you know, about value being the end game and creating value that people care about, and you say it's all fine and dandy that, uh, in the column you say it's all fine and dandy that you got the project done uh, two weeks ahead of time, but what is it that you deliver to your customers, your employees, your shareholders, that you should be looking at that closer as well? Absolutely. I mean, it's all about how you make a contribution in whatever context you either live or operate. And you have to start up. I mean, my basic uh, mantra on this is the whole source of, of successful differentiation is doing something that's relevant, compelling, and unique for someone else or something else mm-hmm. or some organization. Mm-hmm. Relevance, uniqueness, and value. Boom. If you get those three right, um, my experience has been success just happens and the reason for that and this is really really interesting it's it's because nobody else is doing it mm-hmm. okay so if you're even 50 percent 50 percent successful doing it you're going to be twice as far ahead as the next person who hasn't even thought about asking themselves the question mm-hmm. and i and i love that you talk you know uniqueness and all of that and, and about the differences be the only one that does what you do but <laughs> how can that can be really different, or that, that can be really difficult, rather, um, depending on the jobs that you're that, that you're doing. Because sometimes I think a lot of folks feel like they're just doing the same thing as the person that's sitting beside them. Well, yeah, and and what I would say to that is, why are you letting yourself get sucked into that? <laughs> okay, like there's yep. no escape from this. The yep. only statement, in my view, is probably the biggest gem I ever thought of, and I'm not just whacking myself on the on the back <laughs> for this, but it's so it's so critical. Organizations are always looking for competitive advantage, and when I take them through this only statement, the first thing they say is. I'm not, we're not unique. Mm. But by the time we're finished, they are unique. Mm. We discover it, and we create actually a strategy around it to take it to the market. It's the same thing with careers. the same thing with personal development. If you look to the person next to you, okay, I doubt that there's, there's anything similar between the two of you. 
The problem is you just haven't looked deep enough for it, and you haven't considered what you want to focus on given the opportunities in front of you. Like I, I keep saying, like it's all very well to, to be super in marketing, but if the organization's uh, challenge is in sales, you better figure out how to be, you know, <laughs> the only one that does what you do in sales, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so that's yeah. the relevance piece. I I love this too, uh, Roy, and it said, you know, because we all know we we all know people or have worked with people who are big talkers. So you know, talk, 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 but they never get around to doing it. And uh, one of these points is, you know, you've got to get moving, you got to get doing. So um, absolutely, I mean, this this stuff, as you can appreciate, and you're you're, you're discovering it as you look at it. It's not complicated. No, and this is not this is not textbook stuff. The notion here is, I call it um, get, getting the plan just about right, and then just drilling down on how you execute it. Like there's no such thing as perfect anything. So why is it that we as humans continue to seek perfection? Well, I can tell you why. It's because we've been taught in school that that's what you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Well get real in the real world there isn't such a thing so in my sort of the way i talk about is let's get it just about right let's head slightly west and learn as we go whether we made the right choice and you can iterate and and switch it so eventually you will learn your way into something that works for you but you never know what that is when you start out and i have so many people saying well roy how do i know that taking this job is consistent with my career plan Mm. My answer to them is you don't. <laughs> but I can tell you what, you will never know if you don't take the job. Roy, who oh, was okay. who was your mentor? Oh, I had a I had a guy, well I've I've several and they're not always like face to face people. Mm-hmm. Like there's a marketing guy called Seth Godden. Um who anybody taking marketing and sales knows Seth. He's a He's written just like scads of books on on marketing. He's written a book called The Purple Cow, which I loved. It's all about how to be different, how to differentiate yourself. I learned so much from him just by reading his books, right? I had the odd conversation with him, but he was a super um, guy in terms of, of influencing what I did. Locally in Vancouver, I had a boss. His name was Bill McCourt. He actually, we hired him from Eaton's, and he was another one of these sort of marketing creative guys, and Bill had a really unique way of approaching problems that nobody else did. And from a from my very early days with him, I started to get this kind of like concept of carving out uniqueness and looking for different ways to achieve things. So those would be two people that I uh, that had an amazing impact on my life and my career. And it's important to find someone uh, who, who's been there, who's done it. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of potential mentors out there with what I would call super academic pedigrees. But the problem is what you want is you want to get somebody that has actually done stuff, that has excelled in getting things done, right? Like you can't differentiate yourself from other people on the basis of your gray matter. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, everybody can claim they got, you know, a certain IQ or certain (laughs) intellect. The thing that separates people is what you do with that. Yeah. So to the extent that you're actually good in execution, and a friend of mine says, you know what, Roy, doing it is 10 times better than talking about it. And that really resonated with me. And it leads you down this whole path of the more tries I make, the more successes I'm going to have, the more successful I will be. So why don't we just go start doing having a bunch of tries? Well, that's pretty risky for a lot of people. They don't, they don't like failing which is unfortunate because that's got to be the greatest source of learning in yes. the world. Yep. And you need to be in an environment that actually encourages failure. And there's not 
too many organizations around <laughs> or societies around that yeah. sponsor failure. So you talk about thinking, doing why the, not? the trying, the trying, and that leads into the next thing. So if you're if you if you if you're trying it and you're asked to try it, go do it. Take the chance. Take the opportunity. Go do it and learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have enough emphasis on trying, trying, trying. And and I, I would ask people in interviews. I, I would say things like, "Okay, can you name? Can you can you can you tell me uh, the last three things that you tried this morning that didn't work out?" This well, morning, that, they had they had no way well. of how to answer that. First of all, you mean you want to know where I failed? That's kind of weird. Mm. The interviews don't normally go that way. And of course, what I was trying to get at is their propensity to try things, because the way the world's going right now, if you're not trying things, if your feet aren't moving, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know what, Roy, you've given us lots to think about this afternoon, and that's why I wanted to talk to you. Thank you for joining us this weekend. Have a great weekend and happy Canada Day to you. Absolutely delighted to uh, spend some time with you. Thanks for having me, and yeah, have a great weekend. Thank you. That's Roy Osing joining us this afternoon again. Uh, columns in the Globe and Mail. He is the author of the books uh, Be Different or Be Dead. Uh, former executive. He's a blogger. He's a speaker. He's a coach. Uh, you can check out his work. Uh, a lot of great advice on the career front, front as well in his columns. Roy Osing, O-S-I-N-G. Back to that story uh, that we were talking about a little bit earlier about the guy in Saskatoon who, you know, saved up his 10 cent Canadian tire dollars and bought a canoe for $776, just kind of walked in with a big briefcase full of Canadian tire money. I was asking you what it was that you've bought with points from whatever, or Canadian Tire. The best thing that uh, you've bought with that, I had mentioned that my husband and I managed to pay for a cruise and, and the flights uh, down there on Blue Air Miles, if you can believe uh, all of that. Um, we do everything on, uh, we have an Aventura card now, so everything goes on there, and that's, you know, for points for travel and that sort of stuff. Uh, this one says, I don't do credit cards, but my brother does. When he found out that my son was getting married in Germany, he bought me a plane ticket on points so I could go. Nice brother. Um, Jay, I rack up a lot of air miles for my sister on her account. She really didn't have a place to spend them, decided to cash some in and got me a lovely new gas grill and a deluxe one at that. I used that opportunity to make the jump from propane to natural gas. I'm really happy with it. Uh, Randy in Edmonton says, Jay Lynn, I love Canadian Tire too. I've been going there and collecting Canadian Tire money since I was eight and I'm now 65. Eight and now 65. Listen to this. I just bought a six by six garden shed. It was $799 with my Canadian tire money, and I still had about $50 left over. Good on you, Randy. Bruce says I get a new phone every two years with a. Oh, no, it's Jason in Bruce, Alberta. Got to go to Bruce. They have that great steak place there. Read an article about it the other day, but need to go to Bruce someday. Jason gets a new phone every two years with Air Miles. Uh, Walt says that he thinks Aventura is better for redeeming merchandise than travel. He's he's looked at some stuff. We've been quite happy with using Aventura for travel. And uh, this one says, Jay, you got to see this one. It's a, uh, a story about a man in Edmonton buying a lawnmower from Canadian Tire with Canadian Tire money. You got to be patient patient patience takes forever uh but thanks for sharing with me this afternoon we'll take a break here for your four o'clock news headlines